And I happened to be on Craigslist one day and saw a spinning wheel with all of the stuff for like $250. I went, oh yeah, I'm just going to take the plunge. So I bought an Ashford traditional off Craigslist and went to the spinning class. (laughs) So you had never, you bought a wheel and you'd never spun before. That's exactly right. I just figured I was going to go for it and learn. I like a woman who commits. <laughs> I'm Sasha Torres, spinning teacher, fiber dyer, and founder of Sheepspot, where we help you make more yarns you love with beautiful hand-dyed fiber and accessible and comprehensive online spinning instruction. These days, I can make just about any yarn I can imagine, but believe me, I was not a natural spinner. When I started spinning, I really struggled to make yarns I liked, let alone loved. But many skeins and hand-spun projects later, spinning now lets me express my creativity and quiet my mind, no matter how crazy the world around me gets. I created the Sheepspot podcast to give you quick, actionable strategies that will help you level up your yarn making so that you can create yarns you love faster, more easily, and with less frustration. If you're an inquisitive hand spinner, you are in the right place. And I'm so glad you're here. Hello there, darling hand spinner. Welcome to episode 79 of the Sheepspot podcast. We are continuing with our series on the spinner's journey in this episode. I'm going to be interviewing my student, Nanette McNamara, who is a member of the Sheepspotter Society, my paid online learning community, which helps spinners make yarns they love with ease and confidence. Before we get to the interview, though, I want to make sure you know about a couple of things that are coming up in the Sheepspot world. The first is the One Fiber Five Ways Spin Along, which starts Friday, March 5th, 2020. Uh, It is a free challenge in which we spin five different yarns from the same fiber as a way to explore different drafting methods. So we are going to cover short forward draft, spinning from the fold, spinning a low twist singles, short backward draft, and supported long draw. And we're going to spin small samples using each techniques. There are six very manageable short, you know, you know how I like to keep things tight around here. There are six short video lessons. I'm also going to do five live Q&A sessions as part of the challenge. And we will have a community space just for the challenge so that you can hang out and compare notes with the other spinners who are participating. It is not a lot of work, but it is a lot of fun. And I really hope you will join us. So here's how to do that. If you are a member of the flock, which is our free online community, you can sign up right in the flock Just go to the featured section at the top of your feed and you should see uh, a link to the One Fiber Five Ways Spin Along Challenge. 
Uh, if you are not a member of the flock, you will need to join us there in order to get access to the lessons. So you can use this link to get access to both the flock and the challenge. The link is bit.ly B-I-T dot L-Y slash one fiber five ways. And one fiber five ways is all one word. And uh, one and five are numerals. They are not spelled out. So bit.ly slash one fiber five ways. The challenge is a really great way to learn some new techniques, to polish up some old ones, and to learn about which drafting technique to use in which situation. So I really hope you will join us. I also want to mention that the Sheep Spotter Society is going to be open to new members from March 25th through, sorry, got that wrong, from March 22nd through March 25th. That's a Monday through a Thursday. Uh, after the 25th, we will not open again until September. So, the Sheep Spotter Society offers a customizable, comprehensive, and affordable spinning education. There is nothing else out there like it. And I am on a mission to help you make more yarns you love. And the Sheep Spotter Society is, in my view, the quickest and the most convenient way to do that. So now, without further ado, here is my interview with Nanette. And I think you're going to need to unmute yourself. Okay, I'm unmuted. Sorry yeah. about that. That's okay. How are you? Very well. Thank you. Good. Good. Well, I'm really looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to learning more about your spinning journey and getting to know you a little better. So, yeah. um, so you want to just plunge right in? Sure. Why not? Okay. So... Tell me your spinning origin story. So I um, learned to crochet when I was about six or seven. Learned, taught myself to knit when I was in my early 20s. And so going into a yarn store is, they're kind of like magnets to me. So I kind of <laughs> automatically walk into them when I walk by them. And I went into one of our local yarn stores and there happened to be a gal spinning in the corner. And um, I thought, I wonder what she's doing. So I went over and I watched her for a while and we kind of chatted a little bit. And I was pretty intrigued about going from a sheep to a sweater type of thing. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and and you know how when once something has kind of come into your consciousness that all of a sudden you see it everywhere? Yes. So that's kind of what happened. I was seeing spinning stuff everywhere. And then um, I live on the front, I lived at the time, I lived on the front range in Colorado, so I was not very far from Boulder, and Maggie Casey actually had a yarn store there, yeah. and of course, she was having spinning classes, and I thought, oh man, I'm going to go try to learn how to do this, and I happened to be on Craigslist one day, and saw a spinning wheel with all of the stuff for like $250, and I went, oh yeah, I'm just going to take the plunge, so I bought an Ashford traditional off Craigslist and went to the spinning class. <laughs> so you had never, you bought a wheel and you'd never spun before. That's exactly right. I oh. just figured I was going to go for it and learn. I like a woman who commits. 
Very good. So, um, and, and so you, Maggie Casey taught you to spin. Yeah. I went to, um, one of her classes and, uh, it usually, it's like once a week for, I don't know, six or seven weeks, whatever it was. And then on the very last day you dye your samples. Oh yeah. It was pretty fun. Well, you know, a lot of my, a lot of my standard questions aren't going to work for you because you were taught to spin by, by Maggie Casey. So you probably didn't, you know, you probably didn't have much trouble or, you know, did you, what was hard about it for you? Oh no, it, it was hard. No. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. You know, um, I, I, I mean, my samples weren't terrible, but they weren't all that good either. And at the time I was working a whole lot of hours. And so once I finished that spin class, I had a hard, really hard time keeping engaged. Mm-hmm. I just, and I would spin for a little while and then I'd put it down and then I'd spin and then I'd put it down. So for about five years, I was really off and on. Mm-hmm. And I really did not get started into spinning and just like say, oh, my gosh, this has captured my heart until I joined the breed school. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. That's great news. <laughs> yeah. So, so maybe you just needed a little structure? I did. I think what it was is um, I I didn't have that connection with other people that would like say oh this is normal to be frustrated like this mm-hmm. oh if you mm-hmm. do this this goes better right um, and so it's just having that camaraderie when you're starting to spin that I think really helped yeah that yeah that and having all this really really nice fiber in your hands it was really it was pretty fun <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad. That's really great. So, so when did you know that you were really hooked? I mean, you, you committed early on with the wheel and everything mm-hmm. before lesson number one, which I love, but when did you know that you were like, okay, I'm a spinner now and I'm going to be a spinner. I had kind of two incidents. Mm-hmm. Number one was after I got to dye my samples at the end of Maggie's class um, we had all these different um, uh, different things out of nature that we dyed with. So we had like walnut shells and pine leaves and whatever, you know, pine uh, needles. Mm-hmm. And so I had all these pretty natural colors um, of my of my fiber. And I went, oh, this is really cool. I really like this. Um, and my other one that went, oh, yeah, this is for me is when I, I'm a weaver, I weave also. Mm-hmm. And so when I spun that gauntlet and then I wove it into a mug rug, it was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm in it. Okay. All right. I love those mug rugs. rugs. Mug rugs are so sensible. I always find myself wanting to use like a, like a paper napkin. Cause I want something, you know, just to put on the table and I want to put my cookie on something. Mm-hmm. Mug rugs are genius. And yeah. And such a great use of that, of that fiber. So, yeah. yay. Um, yeah. So if you could give advice to your younger spinning self, what would you tell her? Um, not to be a perfectionist, that it's okay to 
just pick something up and kind of go for it a little bit more and don't be so worried about the end product because I would frustrate myself because I wasn't getting this really, really nice, consistent yarn. And what I didn't recognize was that's okay because that's how what all spinners do. All spinners don't start out making this really, really nice, consistent yarn. And this is part of the learning process. And I, I kind of wish I had recognized that a little bit earlier because I think I would have enjoyed the process a little bit more mm-hmm. of learning because right now I still don't make really consistent yarn, but I really, really love the process. Well, you know, yeah, that's, I, I think that it's one of the things that makes me sad on behalf of students is when they let their perfectionism prevent them from like doing the thing that would actually make you progress. And I think there, yeah, there are so many that, that that's, that's a problem in so many areas of life for so many people. Um, it's just, we live in a perfectionist culture and it, it's not good. (laughs) It's it's just not like, it doesn't help people improve. And, and also you know, the reason that I say, I don't know if I said this in relation to breed school, but I do say it every time I teach an in-person class, which is that you're, there's no, you, you're not allowed to say mean things to yourself. Um, you did say that to us. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, you can actually, I've, I've since, I, I mean, I've said that for years, but I've since learned that if you bring a lot of negativity to learning a new thing, it just learning the new thing actually becomes aversive. You, you stop yeah. wanting to do it. And so um, that's why you have to be nice to yourself when you're learning a new thing. So, okay. So um, what fiber do you love the most and why? So every time I get something from the breed school, I go, oh, this is my favorite. And then I get the next one and I go, oh, no, this is my favorite. So um, I for some reason, I, I really, really loved the Gotland, but mm-hmm. I just um, I just <clears throat> finished the black, uh, the black Welsh Mountain uh, yeah. fiber and I really love the Perindale. So um, I like those really soft fibers. They're really, really fun. Um, and. As I'm spinning, I go, oh, what can I make out of this? It's super soft, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, even the Herdwick, I, you know, that was kind of a different kind of fiber, but I really enjoyed spinning it. So I just kind of like wool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> and so did Maggie teach you on wool? Did you? Yeah. That um, mostly what you were working it, with? It, we she had a bunch of pole worth there mm-hmm. and um so we got to go in and choose whatever color that we wanted that was kind of part of the class and they gave us so much of it um and then um i when i bought my wheel the lady was like just like she was done with spinning and i'm not sure what happened mm-hmm. but she gave me her drum carter and her carters and she also gave me about five pounds of um, BFL. So I got, I have a lot of BFL that I can just like, if I want to practice on something, Uh I usually spin with it. And then I'll, uh, and then I'll go to a different kind of wool, maybe my, and I'll go, oh, you know, this is what I want to do. So when I, when I, um, when I learned to ply and everything, I plied with some of my 
um, my BFL just because I didn't want to, I wanted to be able to practice a little bit before I actually spun some of my other, before I applied my other stuff. Yeah. So it's so, that's so important to have fiber that you don't, that you're not invested in an outcome about. And I actually learned that from Maggie Casey Mm because very early in my spinning life, I took a class with Maggie and she had this, she brought this roving, I don't know what it was, but it was colors that I, that are not part of my palette. Let's just put it that way. And I thought it was, you know, kind of pretty hideous and it was so freeing to just, because I didn't care what happened to that yarn. So I could just try all the things. So yeah, practice fiber, very important principle. Um, so you said that you are a weaver. Do you do other um, needle artsy things? I, I, I still knit. Um, I'm not so much into crocheting as I used to be, mm-hmm. um, but I also sew a lot. So I, and I have like a industrial sewing machine. I have a regular sewing machine. I have a serger. So I, I like to quilt. I like to make, I made our boat cover and things like that. Wow. So I, wow. I kind of a jack of all trades, master of none. <laughs> so did you have a pattern for the boat cover? I'm My just boat cover. You're old, but right. Okay. Yes. Brilliant. You're a sewer, clearly. Because <laughs> so I'm just thinking of my husband's boat and it's very complicated pajamas. And yeah. I, yeah. So you would just take the old pajamas apart. Yes. Okay. Good, good thinking. So do you mostly, what do you mostly do with your hands, Um, Right now I'm kind of mostly weaving with it. I have been... Um, giving it some of my friends. So I just, um, I got a lot of my hand spun and I, um, I used it for Christmas gifts and kind of gave it to some people that I know are really big knitters and stuff. Mm -hmm. And they all really liked it, even though I thought it wasn't the best, but they love it. So I was happy with that. That's that, that was very nice of you. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Um, so what would you say, um, Tell me about your favorite project that you ever made with handspun. Hmm. Probably it's got to be those mug rugs because they just were so much fun. I ended up finding some white Gotlin mm-hmm. off the Etsy off one of the little shepherds that uh, sell on Etsy. So I had both the white and the gray and I was learning how to do the different patterns and things like that. So mm. it was kind of, being able to play with these in this smaller thing to where you could so you had a project finished pretty quickly right right and, and it was something that I would use and um, I learned a lot with it so it was spectacularly fun oh that's great so what kind of loom did you use for those I have I have a um I have two actually um I have the small cricket or a, I think it's an 18 inch cricket. And I also have um, a flip loom, a 25 inch flip loom. Both of them are for shots. Mm-hmm. Yes. I have those. <laughs> my, my flip is 20 inches. I wish I had gotten the 25, but um, yeah. So rigid heddle, not your, yes. you, you're not like, uh, a no, I do strictly a rigid heddle. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much you can do. Yeah. They're such amazing little machines and, and so, like, there's just 
easy to understand and easy to get started with. And and I love hand spun on just plain weave on a rigid towel. Yeah. Yeah. So. And there's something so satisfying about taking the yarn that you made and then weaving it into cloth. I mean, it's such an ancestral connection. Uh Yeah. 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 It's, it's really, it really is true. So do you, is that, so is there a tradition of, of like handwork in your family? So, um, my mom used to sew a lot, um, but not really. She didn't do a lot of handwork. My grandmother did, but my I was not around my grandmother. My inspiration when I was, who taught me, was an older woman, and she was probably in her 60s, and I actually thought she was ancient when I was six. Um, but I used to go over, she lived behind us, um, when I lived in the city and I used to go over to her house and she would, I, she would set me up on one of those great big overstuffed chairs and she had a crochet hook and a yarn and she would, she was so patient. She sat and taught me how to crochet. Oh yeah. She was wonderful. <laughs> I love that story. Yeah. Um, so what? what would you say the most significant things that spinning has brought into your life are? I don't even know oh, the verbs in that sentence, but. N- so much. So yeah. I'm a nurse practitioner. Mm-hmm. And so right now with the pandemic, it's kind of a stressful time. And it's just kind of this day in and day out stress. And so when I sit down to spin, it's like you can kind of let all of that out. Mm-hmm. And I can always tell when I'm a little bit wound up because I'll start out and my my twist will be a little bit too tight. And I'll go, oh, I'm really, really stressed. And so by the time I get done spinning for an hour or so, you know, I'm like totally relaxed. So it's really a way to kind of connect uh, with yourself and kind mm-hmm. of just allow you to let go. That's yeah, that's great. That's what it's been for me too. And I, I can always tell if I try to spin right after I, like if I've been on campus and I've been maybe in a meeting with maybe colleagues (laughs) and I come home and I sit down at the wheel, I can always tell because my traveling rhythm gets way faster when I'm a little stressed. So what you're saying about twist really makes, makes perfect sense. I think a lot of that's true for a lot of spinners. Yeah, it's really a way of kind of reconnecting with yourself mm-hmm. and saying, oh, I mean, you did a podcast not, not very long ago on meditation with spinning, and it really, really resonated with me because I thought, oh, I do that all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I think lots of people, don't, like it doesn't really, they, they don't try to do it consciously, but it's just... It's just what happens. I had I, I do have a colleague at school who um, is a spinner. One, she's actually retired now, but she's she. And this was ages before I started to spin. She would talk about spinning as like trance inducing for her. Um, yeah, I think I think if we if we valued women's work a bit more, that there would be there would be many thousands of dollars being poured into research on 
spinning and knitting and mental health. Cause I yep. think like these incredibly low impact interventions that, yeah. Anyway. So, so there's a, there's actually an article out and it's called your craft on brains. And, um, it was, it's a lot about how they used to teach, um, uh, soldiers when they came back from world war II, they taught them how to knit because it really, really helped with quote shell shock, which mm-hmm. we now know as PTSD. Um, but it talks about how crafts and needlework and things like that really do affect the brain. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I think we, there would be much less medication being prescribed if more people, we just prescribe wool. Here, take this, yeah, needle right. from this wool of yarn. That's right. <laughs> so tell me why you spin in five words or fewer. Um, I will say uh, probably connection with self, connection with the arts and connection to my ancestors. Okay, that's, that's good. That's a few more words than five, but I'm gonna so, let you go. And okay. I, also, <laughs> I also just wanna thank you for your, for your work. I can imagine that this is, that, that your job is an incredible slog right now. And, um, yeah. and I'm really glad that you have spinning as a way to take care of yourself because you're probably taking care of a lot of other people. So I just want to say that I appreciate you. Oh, well, thank you. I actually very much appreciate you too. So <laughs> you've been a great help to me. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. And I'm, I'm really glad that we did this. It was really fun to get to talk to you. Yeah. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Take care, Nanette. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye. That is it for me this time, darlings. I really hope you enjoyed learning about Nanette's spinning journey. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. And I will see you next time. And don't forget to sign up for One Fiber Five Ways. with me, you should definitely check out the Sheep Spotter Society, my membership community for inquisitive spinners who want to spin with more confidence and joy while making yarns they absolutely love. As a Sheep Spotter Society member, you'll get access to our private online membership site where we go deep into a new spinning topic every single month with video lessons, monthly Q&As, and virtual meetups. And you'll join a vibrant, caring, supportive community that's as passionate as you are about spinning, fiber, and creating with hand-spun yarns. You can sign up to get more information and receive a notification the next time membership opens at sheepspot.com slash TSS. That's sheepspot.com slash TSS, which stands for the Sheepspotters Society. I would love to have you join us. Thank you.